0: and welcome to Just Make The Thing, a podcast for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. I'm your host, Claire Twenty, and this week I'm joined by Chanel Luchev, my lawyer yoga instructing friend. We deep dive into things that scare us. We talk through what we're doing at the moment that is really, really scaring us to the core and why it's actually a great thing when you're a creative person to scale yourself and actually just as a human person in life in general. Amongst other things, we also look at Natalie Portman's rousing power of women's speech at the recent Variety Fair Luncheon. She has some incredible things to say, that woman. Okay, here it is, episode 52. Just make the thing with Claire and Chanel. Hello Chanel. Hello Claire. Hello, we're here. We are indeed on this sunny Melbourne day. It's actually very lovely today. It is beautiful. How warm it is. I know. We just got back from a walk Mm. in the bush Mm. Mm, with a grumpy (laughs) (laughs) two-year-old and no rabbits. I'm so sad. Oh, he was really, really looking (laughs) forward to seeing some rabbits, and there were none, and he was highly disappointed. But it's okay. We Mm. all survived. He's had a nap. Mm -hmm. He's very happy now. So we're happy too, and we've had some chocolate cake. Mm. Yeah, it's been awesome. Mm. Exactly. So we have decided to talk today about a few things. Mm -hmm. One, about scaring yourself. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk about that and you're going into a situation, interestingly, that's going to scare you in a different way and I am terrified about something else. So we'll talk about that (laughs) and getting yourself into uncomfortable situations and why it's actually good for your creativity even Mm -hmm. when you don't want to do it. Yes, correct. Definitely. And we also wanted to talk about Natalie Portman Mm -hmm. and her speech at the Variety um, Power of Women event, Mm -hmm. which was kind of amazing. And it kind of goes into pay parity and a few interesting things around diversity and gender and Time's Up campaign, all that kind of stuff as well. Yep. 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 Cool. Yeah. So should we get started? I
2: think we should. I think we should first talk about why you're so scared. <laughs> <laughs> My God.
0: Uh, okay. So for lots of reasons. Uh, one, I, I spoke to the girls from the Shameless podcast mm-hmm. last week who are really interesting and that's a great interview if you haven't listened to it. They have a great podcast and one of the girls, Mish, was telling me that she has high levels of anxiety but is also a masochist because she keeps putting herself in situations where where she's terrified, (laughs) like scaring herself and creating a podcast. And Mm -hmm. while she was talking, I was going, uh, that's me. me." Not necessarily that I I don't have anxiety in that Mm. way, but just that I seem to have this knack for being comfortable, finding, like scaring myself, getting to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of on top of things, things are all right. Mm. And then dropping a bloody cat amongst the pigeons, <laughs> for want of a better word, and freaking myself right the F out. <laughs> yes. And what I'm freaking out about at the moment aside from building our company and the podcast network and how I'm trying to find advertising for everyone and we've launched a new technology that enables us to put ads across the network but I'm trying to figure all of that out this still. very hard. You know what? I Actually, it is hard. <laughs> I All I've been doing the last month is thinking I should already know how to do all of this and oh, why is it no. so confusing and hard. And I should have found a lot of – because there's a lot of guys that do this, a mm. lot of companies that find podcast advertising in Australia, they're all run by guys and they all run the tech. And anyway, yeah, it's not something to, that just automatically is going to happen, is it? It's okay that I'm finding it hard.
2: Of course you're meant to find it hard. It's completely outside the scope of your – professional experience and life experience really. Like obviously you've done a tremendous job in building this company but I also think like it's not like you have all these media-savvy people around at your disposal within earshot. They can say, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. I can help you. And there's also a part of you that wants to figure it out yourself, right, because you want to get on top of it because you want to understand it.
0: Yes. So and that stuff all confusing. just takes time, I reckon. Yeah. I know because did you know that there are things called trading desks? where, okay, so it all seems really pie in the sky to me because they're not physical training desks. From what I can gather, it's Mm -hmm. like a whole lot of people working from laptops disparately all over the world. But they are part of these trading desks and somehow, and if anyone's listening who actually understands all of this, please email Mm -hmm. me and I'm probably getting this very wrong. But for advertising, the way that we see automated ads running now on Google or on the internet, Mm -hmm. that happens because there are these trading desks for advertisers and advertisers will put sort of applications to these trading desks and the trading desks will then source websites or podcasts or, you know, content to sit the ads on. So they're kind of the middleman between the advertisers and the people who need ads on their stuff
2: this been around for? I've never heard of this before. I know, right? Me ne- okay, thank God. Me neither. So never. Clearly we're past the Mad Men days then.
0: <laughs> Just slightly. I mean, people are still doing traditional advertising on mm. radio and TV and all of that stuff as mm. well, but that's how you see automated ads popping up on everything because yep. they're using the data that they've collected through Google or whatever, what have you and then matching that sort of up with the brands that are there. Mm-hmm. So if you're a brand, you might go, particularly if you've got a website or whatever, or you're an ad agency representing a brand. Mm -hmm. There's a brand, the ad agency, then the ad agency goes to a trading desk who then says, okay, we have got these these people available. And sometimes there's even someone representing the people who've got content available for the ads to play on. It's Mm -hmm. so confusing. And so somehow I'm trying to navigate all of that with this tech, and so it's giving me a lot of panic attacks because I'm trying to figure it all out and get more advertising without sort of ending up with like ads for chicken wings and cigarettes, <laughs> <laughs> which happened initially. Not chicken wings, not cigarettes, but definitely buffalo wings. Oh, really? we tried this automated ad thing like a couple of months ago, and we ended up with like buffalo wings ads. And someone heard an ad for McDonald's and for the Australian Army. So I was Who sort of sells buffalo wings in Australia. Well, no, that was America. Oh, right. That makes more sense. Gonna, you know, that was in America. But still, and so I'm trying to find out how, and apparently you can get host ads the way that we do them mm. through these trading desks. Anyway, so I'm sort of deep diving into that. I just suddenly realised, but that's not what's really scaring me, <laughs> even though that is probably what is scary, It's what's giving me a lot of like sleepless nights. But the other thing that's scaring me is that we decided to do a live show. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that text message you sent me earlier in the
2: week. I was quite like, she looks very confident in that poster. I wonder if she's
0: feeling that way. (laughs) Oh, my God. What was I thinking? Because at the time, okay, so to be fair, you know how we've talked about our cycles before and hormones and how you feel? It was right peak in my week too. So I was feeling fabulous and I was like, yeah, let's do a live show. Excellent. (laughs) And so I emailed the venue and it's all set up and we're booked for the 9th of December and I got a poster made and it's all there and I sent it to you and you were like, yes, and you were so positive. And I was like, yay, of course we're doing a live show. It makes total sense. And now now that like the hormones are slightly lower and I'm like <laughs> crashing down into existential reality, now I am – and I also went to Dugon's live show, one of our other podcasts on mm-hmm. our network, and it was so brilliant yesterday mm-hmm. and so funny and there were all these actual people there. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly went – <gasps> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> what if we don't sell any tickets? What if no one oh, yeah. comes? And yes, but we are having a guest star on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the form of James oh, Clement. Oh, goodness. Mr. Sunday Movies. So
2: if you and I sit there frozen... <laughs> Which is, a, like, a real possibility. <laughs> he might have to entertain
0: everyone. <laughs> How long does the show go for? An hour. He will have to entertain everyone for an hour. <laughs> no, don't worry. No, one thing you don't have to worry about is me freezing. Mm-hmm. What could happen is I become a weird microphone hog <laughs> because that's what happens when I get a microphone in a stage oh. and I'll suddenly start doing show tunes or something. I thought oh would be very supportive of that. Uh-huh. No, I won't be doing show tunes. We will be talking about how to scare yourself and get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and find your feet when you're trying to make something. Mm-hmm. And James and I will kind of share stuff that we've talked about and what our journey with Planet Broadcasting and mm-hmm. give advice to people who want to start a podcast. And I and I think you've got so much to say on this in a way that is different to us because Mm. we've launched this, this has become our full-time job, whereas the other side of creativity is that you can do it alongside Mm. your full-time job. A good old side hustle. A side hustle. So wonderful. Exactly. So I think that that's really what we're going to talk about and also answer lots of questions from the audience about people who have projects that they want to get started. And I think James is someone who's got a wealth of knowledge around the YouTube sort of podcast Mm. space on this and I've got a perspective on it from the business side of it and the monetizing of podcast side of it. Yep. And then you bring this perspective on how to do your side hustle and what it takes to actually get something off the ground and find the thing that you love mm. alongside and what it brings to you alongside your day job. So hopefully it's going to be a great show. Yep, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And terrifying. And but terrifying. mainly awesome. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And also I think what would be really cool is if people email in with questions yeah, that they that have. that would be great actually. I'd love that. Or tweet us at make the thing or just make the thing pod at gmail.com or even on Instagram, you can slide into my DMs Ooh. and message me there at Claire Tonty just with any questions you might have. Because we, and I already have a lot of emails from people with questions asking this very thing how do you get a podcast off the ground? How do you figure out what it is you actually want to do? How do you, you know, monetize all of that kind of stuff? Yep. And when when do you know it's right to quit your day job? All those sorts of yep. questions. So we're really going to deep dive into it. Excellent. Yeah. So come along on the 9th of December woohoo. Woohoo, to the Howler Bar in Brunswick. Woohoo. Yay. At 12.30 p.m. 12.30. Okay. 12.30. Got yep. it. Excellent. And tickets are $30 and you can buy them from the link in the show notes below um, on Mosh Tix. On. And I'm really sorry if you are not in Melbourne. However, we will be recording it.
2: Oh, okay. Yes. Excellent.
0: We'll be recording it, so um, we might put it out at a later date.
2: Yes, but I would so love to see everybody there. Yeah, it would be really nice. It would be really be nice. So and if lovely. anyone is
0: actually emailing and you do live around, we'd like to meet you. I know. We're going to stick around for a little yep. bit after and have a drink yep. in the bar because Howl is really cool. It's got a beautiful kind of beer garden-y thing. Oh, nice. So we'll sit and have a drink. Hopefully it's a beautiful daylight like today and we can all chill out and that'll be lovely. And I met a couple of women too yesterday mm-hmm. and, a, and some lovely guys as well. Who listened to our show? Really? Yeah, it's really cool. So I met Sophie yesterday. He's really cool. She's a commercial lawyer, cool. and she's really cool. And she was so lovely. She had lots of ideas for our show. Hello, Sophie. And I also met Alex, who I don't think you've met before. No, you haven't met Alex. She's really cool. So hello, Alex. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So and Sam, I met a guy called Sam who also listened to our show. So yeah, hi, guys. very good at networking. yesterday, No, they came up to me. It was so lovely. So that was at Do Go On's live show and there an awesome podcast. Anyway, so so I'm feeling a little bit better now. I've talked that out. Yeah,
2: good. Sometimes yeah, I just need to verbalise the fear and then it doesn't feel so scary anymore.
0: Correct. Mm. Yeah. It's still scary. (laughs) But it is important to scare yourself, right? Yes, definitely. Because otherwise you'll never change or do anything. Yeah, and I think growth comes from fear too. I love the way you say that in like
2: a resigned way. Yeah. It's like, uh, I know I'm (laughs) going to feel like a better person afterwards, but shit, this is hard.
0: Yeah. Or
2: terrifying. It is terrifying. Yeah. What, by the way,
0: are you scaring yourself with at the present moment? Well.
2: My husband and I have decided we would like to start a family. So I am truly scared about, firstly, how to make a baby happen. I know how it happens physiologically, people. Let me just preface that with (laughs) I get that part. It's more just scientifically or biologically all of the things that have to align for an actual thing to grow inside you and then keep it alive for a period of nine months and then actually give birth to it and then it still be alive and then raise it and hopefully it not be a little jerk-off. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, and I've spoken to some friends about this, what what happens, and you can re- obviously, Claire, you can relate to this because you've got the experience, but they say the worry and the anxiety never, ever Disappears. So they worry about whether or not they're going to, or the fear, they worry about how they're going to actually conceive. Then they worry about how they're going to keep the baby alive. Then they're worried about how they're going to deliver the baby safely. Then they're worried about how to keep it alive outside their stomach. Then they're worried about <laughs> how they're going to raise it. And you just, the worry never ends. It's just different kinds of worry. And You're really selling this I'm whole
0: to so <laughs> thing.
2: There's probably so many mothers out there that are like, it's not that bad. Just cut down, you anxious, crazy person.
0: But, you know, I do have to say, though, that I think it's Better to go in with low expectations. (laughs) I honestly do because then to go in with high expectations Mm. and be disappointed. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, the other thing is the fear for me is like, so um, from everything I've read, and I've got quite a few friends, lots and lots of friends, in fact the vast majority of them now have children, is like who have told me, you know, you get well, once you get pregnant all these changes just happen to your body which you've absolutely no control over. And someone like me who is a control freak will just have to find a way to deal with the fact that something else is really taken over, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just going to be the way that it is. So... There's that physiological change and then there's the becoming a mother and all the responsibilities that come with that because, let's be honest, I've been largely selfish my whole life. Like I have a partner and I have parents and family and friends that I do love and care about but for the most part I only really have to be concerned with myself, which has been great because it means I get to watch as much Harry Potter as I like without (laughs) judgement. a friend last night, you know, I want to have kids because I feel like I've gotten to that age now where I can't go to kids movies. And my niece has gotten to this stage where she doesn't want to go to the movies with me anymore. I think I'm a bit
0: too uncool for her. So you're going to go through this entire pregnancy and birth just so that you can then take your child to, to the, the movies, movies
2: for a brief window in time where they actually want to hang out with me.
0: And then I don't
2: know what I'm going to have to do. But, um, Fair enough. Yeah, Totally, totally understand. Well, I was talking to a friend about it, like a guy friend. He's like, oh, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I went to go see all three
0: Toy Story movies on my own. I'm like... In the movies by yourself. <laughs> it is a bit creepy, it isn't is it? Creepy. Even though those movies are classic and great and adults oh, should enjoy amazing. them. Oh, they like, amazing. a lot of the jokes and stuff are designed
2: for adults, so I get it. But at the same time, you can't help but feel a little bit creeped out when an, when an adult attends an animation in a cinema full of children by themselves. That's a horrible thing to say and I don't mean to be judgy, but it's just... I mean, that's not really a reason to have kids, though, is it?
0: <laughs> Look, it's not the only reason. I mean, you probably want to have a few others up your sleeve. Just a few,
1: especially for
0: the first year when they don't even know that they're actually human yet. Yeah. But then again, mums and bub sessions. That's cool. True. You can take. You can go to some adult movies even See? with them asleep in the pram. It's genius. Oh, Oh, goodness. Okay, well, that I feel like almost just the decision to have kids is like the ultimate scaring yourself thing because it's so unknown Mm. and it's also so amazing. And a case in point, what we're talking about, that in your life, if you don't scare yourself at some point, nothing will ever happen and some of the most miraculous and wonderful things that happen to you in your life only happen when you can scare yeah. yourself out of your comfort zone. Well,
2: and I think that's the thing is, I'm. I would. I consider myself to be a fairly careful and rational, and thoughtful person. In that, I like to really plan the crap out of my life. Like I
0: really. Oh, mate. Do. Yeah. Oh, god. <laughs> so, 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 essentially, you're throwing an in, a bomb yeah. into your life. <laughs> so, the idea of
2: the unknown is quite terrifying to me, and I also think. I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, well, I don't know whether I ever feel whether I'll be, ever be truly ready, but I feel like
0: that day will just not come ever. Like, Correct. That's how I feel about the live show. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same, Chanel. <laughs> Our impending live show and your potential impending pregnancy are the exact same thing with the same amount of stakes. No, but- I don't know. If those questions are tricky, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so right that you can never, and it goes to the same thing. Mm. I mean, a baby is obviously a very different creative endeavour to, mm. say, writing a novel, mm. but there is just never a perfect time. Yeah, there isn't. No, I was listening to Lee Sales and Annabelle Crabbe, who are two incredible journalists and writers, and they have a great podcast called Chat 10 Looks 3 that's so worth mm. listening to, amazing, one of the inspirations for this podcast, mm-hmm. and they were talking about, or Lee Sales has just released a book called Any Ordinary Day. and. It's oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. It's yeah. a great read. It's really interesting. It's all about ordinary days that become kind of terrible basically yes, yes. and the psychology around how people cope with trauma and unexpected events in their lives anyway it's kind of actually quite uplifting weirdly yeah but it's a great okay. read but in the course of her writing that book the reason she even got it done was because her and lee no at lee and annabelle were filming a tv show for our australian broadcast corporation mm-hmm. and it was early in the morning they both have really demanding jobs they both have little kids mm-hmm. like at least two. I think Annabelle has three. Mm-hmm. And between takes, Annabelle had her laptop open and she mm-hmm. was writing a book and her column. And oh, Lee looked at her and I know exactly right, and <laughs> Lee was going, what are you doing, you mad woman? What are you doing? I'm drinking a coffee and you're writing. <laughs> and Annabelle just looked at her and said, well, get over yourself, love. You don't like, because Lee was saying, I need to have a perfect, I need yeah. c- c- complete quiet, I need a library, I need, you know, um, another three hours to myself to get into the zone to write mm. and and Annabelle was just like, get over yourself, love. All you need is some time and if you're ever going to write a book, you have a hugely demanding job, you have kids that need you, you have friends and family. If you're going to write a book, you're just going to have to squirrel away ten minutes here, ten yeah. minutes there. And yeah. that kind of really, as much as you don't want to become a workaholic and you do want to enjoy your life, It did make sense to me that if you want to get something done that you just – there's no perfect time. Well, and if you have a burning desire to do something,
2: you're really going to have to find a way to make time in your life for it, right? Mm. I think that's the thing. Like if she really wants to write a book, she's just got to find the time to write a book. And sometimes that means like literally writing books in between – like in breaks, in the 10-minute break that you have. Sometimes it's like – possibly, if if that's possible, changing your employment situation or maybe putting a hobby that you have on hiatus for a little while so you have a bit more room to do it or mm. rearranging your routine so you give yourself an hour in the morning before you start the rest of your day or maybe even an hour at night. I know that I, and I've said this before, spend an incredible amount of time watching Netflix. I'm mm. sure I can get a lot more done if I watch less TV. So... Yeah, I think that's one of those things like you really you just need to make the time for it. Yeah. And there's just no perfect time to scare yourself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Same same with kids. There's no perfect time. I'll be scared now, I'll be scared in a year, I'll be scared in five. Like I'll always be a little bit scared, let's be honest. (laughs) I'm still
0: scared and I've had him. So I don't know when that stops happening. Probably never. Um, But yes, it is so like that I think Mm. you do. You do have to just not wait for the perfect opportunity Mm. because it won't happen. I I did like that idea. I mean this is not like you can have a child in the ten-minute breaks that you have. (laughs) I mean, maybe you can find a broom cupboard. But, I mean, I do like that idea of like Lee wrote that book over seven years or something, something like that, six or seven years. So it was in between breaks and she would have 20 minutes here and 20 Mm. minutes there to just chip away and chip away. And my thinking around creativity has changed for that reason too. I mean, I think this podcast is a little bit like that too. You just chip away and chip away and it's not perfect and you find the time where you can and... And then you get 50 episodes.
2: I know. So, yeah, Mm. no, I I agree. I think that's so true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is the thing that scares you the most about trying for a baby? This is going to sound really selfish and
2: terrible, so please don't judge me, but losing my financial independence. Ooh, tell Mm. me about that. Well, so... You know, I mean, I think every person, every, when you decide to have kids, most couples tend to have a conversation or hopefully they have a conversation about someone is going to have to do, unfortunately, the lion's share of the parenting, like there'll be a lot of physical labour involved. And as it just sort of works out, what tends to happen is one person has to take a sidestep away from their career, mm. if they have one, for a period of time, um, because you just—I mean, as I said before, I don't have kids, but you know, you just couldn't physically continue a full-time job and have a little person that is dependent on you. Mm. Like, you just can't do; it's impossible to do both things at the same time. If you want to be involved, obviously, an involved parent, then. Someone has to make those choices, and I think for me, I'm the one who's probably more comfortable doing that, and I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I've yeah, I've come to terms with the fact that that's all right. I think I've realised I'm okay with reprioritising for a period of time. Um, I don't know how long that will be, and obviously, you make choices based on what you think is going to happen in the future, but you just don't know with kids. You don't know what kind of temperament they'll have. You don't know how attached they'll be. You don't know if they'll have health issues. You don't know. You just don't know. So I think for me, because I've spent, I was raised in a house that was very focused on education and independence and professional achievement. My, This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Down. Parents are quite high achievers as are yours, Claire, so you can probably relate to this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what was that noise? I'm so sorry.
0: Continue talking. <laughs> okay. I need to work on my memes. I've realised they've snuck back in. I was taking them out. <laughs> them. Over time, I realised I'm just going mmm all the time. Sorry. So um, yeah, parents, okay. high achievers. Yeah. So,
2: um, and that was always an important thing and, you know, I was raised to believe you can have what you want in life as long as you're prepared to work for it. And I have always been someone that's had a fairly strong work ethic. I've got no problem working a full-time job and then, or well, as you're all aware, working a second job and possibly a third if we consider this to be a job, although it's more fun than anything, Um if I want to achieve the things that I want. And at the moment it's fine because I do have the time and um, I really, I don't have anyone else that's sort of fully dependent on me. So I've also worked very hard to get where I am in my career. So the idea of having to step away from that temporarily but also for for a period of time, which I which I'm unclear about, but also just feeling like there's going to be a time where there are going to be people that are younger than me that will kind of pass me in terms of professional development and career achievement because I physically can't do everything. So the idea of not being able to be the person that is always dependable, that can always come into work and just fix the problems, like not being able to be the Olivia Pope of the public service makes me a little sad. Um, also oh, yes. with that obviously comes or um, necessitates not being able to earn the same kind of income because I just can't, put myself up for promotions because I won't be available to work full-time. And in an ideal society, like, it would be wonderful if you could work part-time and still do all those jobs, but I just don't know if we're there yet Mm. Um, as a society. Maybe one day we will be or there will be a more even sort of split in terms of childcare with genders or organisations will be a bit more understanding of how, I don't understand this, but of how families work, you know, like yeah. so many people work in organisations, like, oh, a lot of them have kids and yet they seem to not quite get that they require care and attention, you know. So the thing for me is like losing that. I'm going to have to become more dependent on my husband to be able to carry the, the sort of financial load of supporting us and I think I've always prided myself on being able to say I'm an equal contributor to this relationship, relationship. Mm. Like my labour will still be there and, in fact, I'm sure it will be a lot harder but it's not going to be compensated <laughs> no. with money. So yeah. I think that's the thing that scares me. Mm. Like I'm all right with it but I'm also, as a feminist, I'm not all right with it either. Like, no, you and,
0: know. and realistically we shouldn't have to live in a society where That's the biggest fear that you have. But we kind of do. Yeah. Because the the other danger about this kind of thing when women step out of the workforce is the superannuation side of things. Because if you step out of the workforce, even if you go back part-time, your superannuation takes a big hit. And so over time, cumulatively, yeah, yeah, it means that women have less super at the end of their life. Mm -hmm. And so – Yeah, it is a real concern. I mean, I've been so lucky in that, lucky and also the way that James has kind of worked really hard and then I've sort of stepped into the business, but because we work from home, we can share the caring load and so my income didn't have to take a hit. Yeah. But I completely, completely understand that I'm in a really unusual situation. Yeah. I mean, I had this conversation on our other podcast, The Millennial Divide, Mm -hmm. about babies and work and what I found and actually what my friend Ellen found Mm -hmm. and what Monty Diamond, who I also interviewed, Mm -hmm. said as well is that even though their incomes took a hit, having a baby made them better at their job.
2: Yeah, and I've heard the same thing. Everybody I know is like I'm about a thousand times more efficient than I used to be right? because I have to be. I don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, And also they're more grateful for their work. So that's yeah. so that's the one thing I find interesting because um it's not that I don't appreciate my job because I do I really like what I do but I think for women with children they're like not only is it or well, this is a form of income so I feel like I get to make some kind of contribution I get to set an example for my children they can see that I can that I have a role that exists outside the family and all those other things but it's also yeah, that they can. I guess they can continue to contribute to society in some kind of meaningful way, which is kind of good for their emotional well-being. Yeah, and psychologically,
0: health. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because your work, which sounds funny, I was talking to this to about this with Ellen on the show, on yeah. the Millennial Divide, and Dimity, who is twenty-seven, was mm-hmm. saying, "Sell me having a baby, guys. Sell it to me, because <laughs> everyone says it's terrible." And Ellen and I were saying this, all of this, about how it does make you better at your job mm. and it sort of made us love our jobs yeah. a lot more. Yeah. And then we both agreed that it's because your job becomes your time mm. for you. Yeah. And Tiffany looked at us with like this face of horror. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't have a lot of time for me time anymore, mm. so my job is my me mm. time. Like I get to sit with my coffee and my laptop in peace mm. and I'm just there doing my creative or whatever it is mm. thing at my job and... Yeah, that is a really big mindset shift. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I love that idea. Is like, and so many women I know have said that they're like, I can go to the toilet by myself and I can sit. At my desk and have a cup of tea undisturbed and that's just really nice and I can just sit in quiet peace and quiet for a while and contemplate things and I'm like wow the bar gets very
0: low doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) well because that's the thing because no one's asking you any questions Mm. and it's Mm. very peaceful and everyone that you interact with has to act generally yeah. speaking, in a rational way <laughs> yeah. and you're not having kind of like this weird looped conversation <laughs> or reading the same book a thousand times or like they're not suddenly going to have a tantrum on the floor. Like your boss isn't going to throw themselves on the floor and have a tantrum. I mean, you know, I'm sure that there it's are workplaces. Possible,
2: but unlikely. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: There's probably going to be, you know, maybe a bit annoyed but in a controlled fashion mm-hmm. and you don't have to be responsible for their blood sugar level. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to be like, here, have a carrot stick and a biscuit and you'll feel better. You know, if they're really angry, they'll just leave. And you'll just write them a terse email and it's all fine. Put some capital letters in there and it'll all be good. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So it is really interesting, this whole work idea. Um, And I actually think that you will find... it's just a different way of thinking. It does re-shift everything, but you do have to find a new way of incorporating work and yourself and your child and your partner into your life. It does set everything. On this, it's kind of interesting... I showed you that video that I saw on Twitter. Uh, Yesterday Natalie Portman did this amazing speech at the Variety Power of Women luncheon Mm -hmm. and it was obviously for a lot of very wealthy, powerful women within Hollywood and she did a lot of talking about Time's Up and um, the Me Too campaign and Harvey Weinstein and and just celebrating sort of women within the industry, in Mm -hmm. the media industry, Mm -hmm. in film Mm -hmm. particularly anyway. But she had some really interesting things to say, and I'll actually play a little bit hmm. now in the podcast so you can hear her speech. Mm-hmm.
1: How are you all doing? Are you tired? I am so tired. Oh my God. My son asked me the other day why it looked like I'd been wearing goggles. I was like, I was like, baby, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, I don't sleep. I don't sleep. Okay. First of all, there are too many women who either don't choose to have children, do not yet have children, or have grown children to account for the gaping lack of women in leadership positions in almost every industry. And similarly, in our business, people make the argument that we see so so few female directors and DPs and camera departments and VFX supervisors, wait, like every job, um, because set life isn't conducive to family life. Well, what about the hair and makeup and wardrobe departments? They're like entirely female. And they figure out how to work on movies and TV shows and take care of their families if they have chosen to have families. So. It's much more likely for a woman to stay in a job for her children than to leave for her children. Consider all the women in the restaurant industry or domestic workers who sometimes work many jobs at once in order to support their kids. So let's stop saying that women are choosing to drop out of the workforce because of their families. That's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. So it's really powerful, that speech.
0: We both listened to it. Yeah. And I loved what she said about pay parity and how we need to be celebrating women and that quote that she said further on, which was, light a woman's torch, the light will multiply and heat will intensify for all of us. Yeah. Because I think on this whole parental leave thing and then coming back to your workplace, if there are more women in powerful positions, there are more women who understand that difficulty Mm. and then you can create workplaces and workspaces that are more inclusive yep. and more supportive of you know maybe there's childcare within the building mm. maybe you're allowed to work from home more days mm. um maybe male employees are allowed to take more parental leave and that's acceptable for men to work part time because i don't i think it's much easier for women to ask for part time work than it oh, is for men absolutely
2: yeah workplaces. i mean i think i think in some ways society is is sexist towards men that actually want to be Stay at home fathers or want to take the lion's share of parenting still in terms of like employment opportunities. It's they might occasionally celebrate it when the father's like, Oh, I'm going to do the school run or whatever. But generally, if you tell a manager that you actually want to be there for your kids in some jobs, it's quite emasculating, which is really sad. Like, it is. Yeah. It's sad, especially like. I mean, I don't know, um, from what I understand, you know, you had very involved parents. I had a really involved, I had very involved parents and in particular because my father was a teacher, I had a very involved father. So my expectation is that's what I would expect of my partner Mm. but also what I'd want for my kids. Yeah. So it sucks a little bit. That just isn't the norm, you know, like... Mm. I've heard people say, oh, I don't really care. You know, it doesn't really matter which parent it is, but then there's always that little bit more pressure on the
0: woman. Yeah, I know. I mean, and because James and I, we both work from home and my dad worked from home a lot when I was a kid. He often would be writing, so he'd forget to pick us up from school in time (laughs) and he was writing, writing, writing at home. But it's quite ironic that I've Mm. married someone who is now constantly writing on his computer (laughs) as well. So it's quite comforting to me in lots. And I also understand the kind of pressure when you're writing and working for yourself and creating in that way because my dad, so I grew up with this person that was was like that and now James is like that. And when I met James and we got married Mm. or when we started dating, he was not writing at all. So it's kind of yeah sort of this funny thing that's happened that over time I've ended up married to a person who's very similar to my dad. Oh, yeah. In I think that happens. Of <laughs> so, Justin, it it's, it's quite weird. I mean, they're very different people yeah. as well, hugely different people, mm. very different. And, you know, dad was very into science and medicine mm. and, you know, um, religion. Not so much James, <laughs> more superheroes and like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But it's still that same kind of work ethic, mm. I think, that they both have and share. But because of that, dad was home a lot. And mm. so to me, it's quite normal. And my mum worked as a mm. GP. So. It's quite normal for there to be this flexibility and they're both heavily involved. But for the most part, we'll go to the park during the day together or take our son to the zoo Mm. or to the playground Mm -hmm. and most of the people there are women. Yeah. Like, Majority. Yeah. Every, it's mainly mums. And and then James calls it dad day when on Saturdays and Sundays we go and there's just like dads for days. And you'll see it around our area just like dads pushing prams <laughs> on a Saturday morning. It's like it's your turn, go. Yeah, you can tell. I just have these visions of all these women just sleeping in, in bed just being like, I'm going to wash my hair.
2: Yeah. Get out of the
0: house. Leave me alone. You know, like get me some peace. So And the dads are just like solidly walking around the block. <laughs> for ages while mum has a break. And I think that, yeah, that is still very much the norm in Australia and yeah. I would suggest in most Western yeah. societies. And then so. it's obviously even more so in other countries, yeah. you know, yeah. sort of, yeah, it would absolutely be the case that women do the bulk of the yeah. childbearing. Yeah. So I think the more that we can have workplaces with women in positions of leadership, like Natalie Portman was saying, and What the other thing I loved she talked about, when she said it's important that if you're in a workplace, if you can, and I guess she was talking to women in really powerful positions, Mm. if there is nobody in your community of people or in your group of people or situation that you're working in that look like you, Mm -hmm. then we need to improve that and where you can work for diversity yeah, I think that's important.
2: Inclusiveness is really important because don't we want workplaces to be a representation of what society looks like? Yes. Like definitely. interestingly, and this is probably this is probably a bit disappointing. Well, it's quite disappointing. Up until very recently, within the Department of Justice, which is meant to be an equal opportunity employer, and when I say recently, like if you know several years ago, but for me, this still seems kind of backwards there weren't prayer rooms for women of, like, Islamic faith, so when they wanted to pray, they had to go to the bathroom. Like, Hmm. do you know what I mean? There's office space for days, that rooms that don't get used, but kind of no one's thought, hey, how about we work on embracing all kinds of religions and spiritual practices and and it's not like it's a minority faith. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so... In fact, there was, like, a big buzz about it. It was like, oh, there's actually a prayer room now. And I'm like, wow. oh, God, now? Like, what happened to 20 years ago? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I would, I would hazard a guess that there are probably still quite a few organisations that are like that. So, mm. um, yeah, diversity is so important, mm. I think. It just builds stronger workplaces and better, more creative ways of thinking and more resilience and all the good mm. and wonderful things that comes along with, like, making good stuff. So.
0: Mm. And different perspectives. Yeah. And, I mean, that's something I struggled with with our network when we started it because mm. looking around there just weren't that many podcasts mm. com- done by female comedians. Yeah. They were either on already a network or they were part of the ABC but independent female Driven mm. podcasts mm. in Australia, mm-hmm. I mean overseas, and not there are now lots more, mm. but there just aren't that many female comics making podcasts yeah. that aren't on the ABC, or, as I said before, or like on the Mamma Mia podcast network. There sort of weren't, and that's why obviously we started this podcast because I wanted more female representation as well as it being a lot of white dudes. Like the majority yeah. of our network was white dudes for days, yeah. white straight dudes for yeah. days, in fact. And so we're working on that, on having more, more diverse voices included, more women included. Yeah. That's why we've done the Millennial Divide. That's why when I interview – because I listen to The Guilty Feminist, which mm-hmm. is a recommendation we wanted to talk about oh, today yeah, as well. Oh, it's so good. It's such a brilliant podcast and one of the things it's given, it's given me a gift in that – It just has so many brilliant, funny women Mm. and women from diverse backgrounds, disabled women, women from different ethnic backgrounds, women of different ages, of different perspectives, of different sexualities, but are doing, like, amazing things in the community too. Right. right? Yeah. And advocacy for refugees. You yep. know, she's just yep. – um, Deborah Francis White is the host and her husband edits the show and it's it's just such a joyful celebration yeah. of diversity. And She's so funny. Isn't she? She's so clever and so funny and just, like, such an entertainer. I just – I love I, – I think I'm developing a huge crush on her <laughs> to the point where if I actually met her in person I would melt into my pants <laughs> <laughs> because I just think she's doing such a service and – She's created this microclimate where women are celebrated and so when they have a male comic, you can tell he's nervous and Mm. he sort of doesn't do as well in the crowd because they're live shows. Um, Anyway, I just loved that and it made me think more and more about how important it is to try and even on Just Make the Thing and on our show Mm. to interview people who come from different, diverse backgrounds and aren't even just white women because I looked at and mostly a lot of the a lot of my guests are like white women or mm. white guys and it and straight white women and straight white guys. Mm. And and isn't it great to be able to have sort of different representations of people because the world is actually so multicultural and people from all yeah. walks of life. Absolutely. You know? mm. Absolutely.
2: And it stops that pigeonholing and that sort of indirect discrimination and mm. when you Start to realize that there are similarities in all of us, yeah, you know differences obviously, which is also a good thing, but you mm. we know we're more as humanity we're more similar than we are different, so
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, a hundred percent, and the more that the more that you talk to people, the more you realize how similar everybody is yeah. to you, <laughs> yeah. like no matter what their gender or yeah. ethnicity or sexuality or Background or country they come from, (laughs) most people feel the same about chocolate. Like the majority, you know, like most people love Harry Potter. I mean, it's very rare to find someone who actively hates Harry Potter, surely, because, you know, it's such a global thing. So, really, I love Oprah often says that line that there's only really one of us here. Yeah. And I love that because it's so true that even when there's just, you know, you think that there's so much difference and we're separated by like even political views, you know, like right wing or left wing or Trump supporter or Hillary supporter Mm. or, I don't know, Malcolm Turnbull supporter, Mm. our previous prime minister. Mm -hmm. You know, in actuality, we all want to do the best by our kids in the majority. We all want to be loved and accepted and find belonging and We all want to find it. our community. Yeah, yeah, we all want to sure. eat food and, yeah. you know, we're
2: all... We want to laugh. Yeah. We want to <laughs> release the stress somehow. Ha,
1: ha,
2: ha. <laughs> stress gone. Oh, yes. If, I wish it was that. Well, I guess it is temporarily that easy, isn't it? Because when you're it? laughing, you can't be angry. Well, maybe no. you can. I don't know. I don't think I've ever experienced an angry laughter before.
0: I weirdly – you're going to laugh at this now. I, mean, I do – sometimes my face just naturally is quite a smiley face. You do have a lovely smiley face. Well, yeah. I mean, it has my smiles been better, to be honest? But with my dentures currently, that's a whole other story on a different episode. But my go-to, like, face – is quite a smiley face. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm really cross, my mm-hmm. face smiles. I do that. Do you do that? I
2: reckon oh. I smile at really inappropriate times too. And I'm like, stop it. Just corners of the mouth go down, <gasps>
0: I not so much- up. So it's it you really devastating. Your news, and I have to really actively be like, make your face look so sad, make your face look so sad, <laughs> because genuinely
2: inside I am feeling sad. It e- it eases the tension. I think that's what it is. It's like mm. a physiological
0: reaction that stops you from m- melting down. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're both just insane. Yeah, <laughs> we're <What>? too. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure that I've laughed in an angry way. I think I have, to James before, gone, ha, 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 I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so, ha, ha angry don't make me laugh because he's so funny that when I'm angry he can make me laugh he's very funny yeah exactly And he, like I angrily stormed into the weekly planet today <laughs> hopefully he edits it out oh no <laughs> I'm sorry anyway it was quite funny is there anything else you want to say before we finish other than recommending the guilty feminist as a pod um, that's a great one to listen to not that I can think of wow my brain's just turned to mush this afternoon. we have been walking a long way
2: and also there was a lot of sun, so I feel like it's made me tired. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we've
0: gone into that dazed sunny <laughs> mode and it's quite warm in this room. Anyway, thank you so much oh, for coming you. on the show. And just a reminder that our live show tickets are going on sale uh, very soon this week, I think on Monday, and the show is on Sunday, December 9th at Hallabar in Brunswick, We'd Melbourne like from very, 12.30. Very much, please. Yes, please, come along, yep. come and have a chat with us about making things and if you're someone who's out there and needs some motivation to scare yourself Perfect opportunity. <laughs> Come and listen to James, Mr. Sunday Movies, talk about. He never does live shows because he hates them. But I've dragged him along because <laughs> well, my okay. husband, and I have. has well to. He has
1: to, to, be, to be
0: supportive. So he will share a lot of his kind of successes and failures as well. And we'll all have a jolly good time and then mm-hmm. go and have some beers in the sun. That sounds excellent. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. 1230, December 9th at Halibar. Be there or just be there. square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I've really lost it now. I've real I'm so sorry, Collins. We'll have to edit this all out. And tickets are on Mosh Ticks and I'll put the link in the show notes. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, bye bye. I don't know why I sung that. Sorry. It was beautiful. I liked it. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make The Thing with me, your host, Claire Twenty, and with Chanel Lechev. For more information about our live show that's coming up, you can follow the link in the show notes below. We'd love to see you there if you're in Melbourne on December 9th to talk all things creativity with Mr. Sunday Movies and scaring yourself and making things and how to quit your day job. That's at Bar in Brunswick. For more of our shows, you can go to planetbroadcasting.com. For more from me, head to at Claire 20 on Instagram or at Mrs. Sunday Movies on Twitter. And Chanel is at Bend Yoga Melbourne. Go check out her yoga pictures there. She's a very talented lady. Our charity campaign for Care Australia finishes this week, so there's still a little bit of time to donate. If you would like to be a part of that, we would love you to be. And for our mates who are in the UK, the incredible Do Go On podcast are doing their first UK tour over there. And so I think it's sold out. However, you never know, you might be able to score yourself a ticket or at least see them in the wild. So head on over to their social media to find out more about what they're doing or to our website. So as always, this podcast is edited by Raw Collings, who does a brilliant job every week. Thank you so much, Collings. And you guys out there just keep on making it you just gotta you gotta get stuck in okay see you next time
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time